You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. I told you. I warned you. I prefaced it at the time that it happened. No show is safe. Off and running on this Friday, November 6th. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York, what will we do today? Well, today is a day we look ahead, right? Week 9 in the NFL opened up last night with the Packers win over the what's left of the 49ers. I will tell you right now, games that I don't bet on, that I have a good feeling about one specific way, I am undefeated. If I don't put money on it, there's no chance that the other team will ever win. And last night, just the latest example, I'm looking at it, I'm saying, how would the Niners win this game? They got all these guys banged up. They got all these guys they lost to COVID. Packers need a win. Uh, I, I should probably put, eh, you know what? You've been taking a lot of losses lately. Sit out. Take, it, take a breather. Take a little, you know, Thursday night games you don't do well with. Take a breather. Of course, Packers go out and just destroy them. So uh, well, maybe we'll touch on that. I doubt it. But, of course, we have the epic clashes this week. I mean, you want to talk about excitement. Are you ready for this weekend? Can you handle this weekend? You get Sunday. First off, how nice of a weekend is it going to be? I know this is not popular to say in some circles, but if this is the result of global warming, God bless global warming. 70 degrees in November is fantastic. Yeah, sure, I have the world's on fire, but hey, I can go outside in shorts. I'm breaking out the shorts again. Just when you thought flip-flops were out, I pull them back in. But Sunday, you want to talk about excitement. You have the epic clap. Just when you thought you had recovered from the first round, you get round two of Giants Washington football team. Whoa! They do it again? It's like the, the rematch, right? You have Rocky one and then you have Rocky two. It's it's incredible. Giants and Washington. I just mean, wow. I mean, what else can you say? We'll, we'll try to break it down through the excitement of, of the matchup. But then once that's over, you get to rest up a little bit before the next day. Jets-Patriots. Wow. What a weekend. We have all the big teams. Giants. Washington football team. Jets. Patriots. It's like the old thing they used to say, you know, you'll buy the whole seat but you'll only need the edge. Wow. It is a day where, uh, I got to be honest, I can't believe what I heard yesterday. And it's also a day where I cannot believe what I saw this very morning. But we'll get to all of that, and I'll explain what those things are coming up. But let's start with baseball for a change, because baseball free agency is underway. And, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I know the number. Why do you have to keep telling? Well, look, I wanted to bring it up. It's early in the morning. Maybe you forgot. 1-800-919-3776. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. But the baseball free agency is underway. Nothing's really happened as of yet. But big rumblings. Big news. One player who's not a free agent but apparently is available, and we kind of knew this going in, Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor. Bob Nightingale. Baseball writer for USA Today tweeted, uh, I think yesterday, might have been Wednesday, Cleveland, strapped for money, intend to trade all-star shortstop Francisco Lindor by opening day. Several rival teams have been informed. Lindor earned $17.5 million last year, is projected to earn about $21 million in salary. 
uh, arbitration in his final year before free agency. So that's the reason why the Indians are moving on. Good young player, but uh, he's starting to get quite costly, and the Indians are moving off him. Lindor will turn 27 next week, and he is a fantastic player. Now, his best season came a couple of years ago, 2018. He had an OPS plus of 132, an OPS of 833 as a shortstop, four-time All-Star switch hitter, uh, gold glove winner in 2016, 2019. Just a brilliant all-around player. So, you know, the, the, the list of candidate teams that will be interested in Francisco Lindor, you know, you pretty much know them going in. Right? I mean, you're going to have to have some money to spend. But just in terms of talent, every team should be interested in a player like Francisco Lindor. That includes, I would think, the Indians. You know, the fact that Cleveland continually trades away star players. I mean, why would you ever be an Indians fan? Just give up. Give up. Go find another team to root for. Why would you ever be a fan of a team that just when you get, you know, Francisco Lindor should be an all-time Cleveland Indian. He's a guy that should be playing his entire career or a good bulk of his career, certainly more than up to the age of 27 with the Cleveland Indians. Weird how the Indians haven't won a World Series in 72 years. And people have pointed out, you know, judging by the, uh, the Mookie Betts deal or even the Giancarlo Stanton deal, you know, the fact that he is going to want, uh, you know, a big-time contract a year from now and the uncertainty of the financial situation this year and really moving forward, you wonder how much the Indians are truly even going to be able to get back for him, right? It wasn't like the Red Sox got this big, wasn't a Herschel Walker-type slew of players and prospects and all those type of things. Same thing with the uh, Marlins in Stanton. So to me, every team should be interested. That includes the New York Mets. To me, if I were a Met fan, this is the type of deal I would much rather make than simply going out and signing a free, you know, um, George Springer is, I think he's already 31. If he's not, he will be when next season opens up. Uh, Real Muto will be 30 next year and is a catcher. So I know the Mets have some, some guys at shortstop that maybe you feel pretty good about. But Francisco Lindor is a different level player. And if you're Steve Cohen and you're looking to make a splash, not that you just have to make one, you got enough money to make several splashes, that would be certainly a a big-time move. So we'll see if the Mets uh, have interest. I know their farm system may not be as stocked as it was before Brody got here, but, you know, we'll see. So uh, should the Yankees have interest, right? I mean, they have all these guys and and you have all these questions about who's going to play where. Well, absolutely, the Yankees should have interest. They should have interest in every great player. But I don't know how it's been framed as if this has now become a decision between DJ LeMayhew and Francisco Lindor. And it's almost like it's being presented that way. Well, you can't have both. Why can't I have both? I'm a Yankee fan. Look, the the deal with the Indians, when you come into it, you should know that your team is not going to break the bank for your best players. The deal I made when I was a Yankee fan was that every player was available. This is the deal we made. Don't renege on the deal. That's the deal. You are the Yankees. So why do I have to, why all of a sudden does there have to be a decision between, well, you know, there's only so much money. Really? Doesn't seem like way when I go to the concession stands. Got to take out a mortgage to get one of those roast beef sandwiches they got. Oh, those things are delicious. Oh, God, those are fantastic. But they're not cheap. They're not cheap. The interest rates on, uh, you know, a couple of beers is, is steep.
steep. So I don't understand why all of a sudden the Yankee. Oh well, you know you can't have both guys. No, I want both guys. That's the that I'm I'm rooting for the Yankees here. I'm not rooting for the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians could pull that off. No, 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 no. You're the Yankees. Now I've said in the past that the number one thing the Yankees have to figure out is what they want to do with Glaber Torres. Right? Is he is he a shortstop or is he a second baseman? And I know the prevailing thought right now. It seems like everyone is basing this on well, he cannot play shortstop. He's not a shortstop. He can't play shortstop. And as I've said in the past, I find it a stretch that a guy who has been a shortstop his entire career, he plays one year at second base, and the play, it wasn't like the Yankees all of a sudden, oh, you know what, we don't have a shortstop, let's try Glaber out there. No, he has always been a shortstop, and it was the plan, there was a plan to de- let uh, Didi Gregorius leave because they wanted to move Glaber Torres to shortstop. So in his first season as a shortstop, he makes, what, nine errors in a 60-game season in which he only played 40 games. It was a very weird year. And now we're making this judgment that, A, he can't play the position, he can't get better at the position, even though it's the position he's played his entire life, except for one season. And it was your plan. It was the Yankee plan to have him play shortstop. Again, it's not like D.D. Gregorius went down with an injury. And the Yankees are like, well, geez, I mean, we don't really have a shortstop. So you know what? Glaber's pretty athletic. Let's try him there. No, he's always been a shortstop. And I get it. Nine errors is alarming. And maybe it is true. Maybe it is absolutely true that he's just not, uh, I don't know, agile enough to play the position and he's a better second baseman, all these things. You know, Derek Jeter made 22 errors in his first season at shortstop. It's not like all of a sudden Derek Jeter came in. You know, every guy, it's not all that unusual. First season in the majors and a we- the weirdest year ever, all of a sudden you're going to make the determination, can't possibly do it. I don't know. Maybe he can get better. Every single year I keep hearing how Gary Sanchez can still catch. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've lived through that. And that, have, that obviously has not turned out to be uh, the case all that often. So I think that there's at least the possibility that Glaber Torres could be a shortstop. But okay, let's go with the premise that everybody's can every everybody knows it right now. You can't possibly put all right, fine. At the age of 23, can't get any better. So he has to play second base. It's the only thing you can do. Well, I'm sorry if the decision. I, I want Lemayhew and Lindor, and I think there's a way, a very easy way to do it. Um, now it's going to require the Yankees to spend some money, shoot the locks off the wallet, but. Uh, I think that they have that money to spend. Uh, I, I realize this year was very, very down. All the other years in human history have been very, very up. Very, very up. But if the decision becomes uh, between DJ LeMahieu and Francisco Lindor, well, uh, give me DJ every single solitary day of the week and twice on Sunday. All LeMahieu has done since he got here has been to be one of the best players In the sport, he should be the MVP this season. OPS of 922 since he got here. Has done nothing but hit. Has been done nothing but perform. Has moved positions. Has come through in the clutch. He has an OPS plus of 145. What that means is he's 45% better than the league average. Now he's older. I get that. But he's a guy that projects as you say you have to give him a three-year deal. And I don't even know. Like, let's, let's find out what the deal is. 
Maybe there are all these teams. You know, I keep hearing that the offseason is going to be a bloodbath. That was the term that Jeff Passan used. And everybody everywhere is saying, you know, money's down. Teams aren't going to spend. But now all of a sudden, DJ LeMayhew is the guy getting a $100 million contract for sure from someone. I don't know. Let it play out. Maybe maybe you can get him on a three-year deal. Maybe you can get him. Again, maybe he wants to take a one-year deal, hope that the market kind of recovers, and then go back into free agency next year. I don't know. We'll see. But he projects as a guy who does get older. So say you have to sign into a four-year deal. And he's going to be 36 years old. Second baseman. Well, he's a guy that projects as someone who can transition to another player. How do we know that? Because he already does it. (laughs) Hey, we need you to play third base. Okay, I'll go over there and play great. We need you to play first base. Okay, fantastic. He'll do a great job there. But Gordon, he wants $20 million. Okay, well, I mean... So do same, right? We all want $20 million. And maybe he has a far better chance of getting $20 million than I do. Okay, fine. Have you seen what Lindor is going to want? I get it. This this upcoming year, he will be slightly cheaper. So instead of $22 million, you'll get Lindor for 21 and a half. Are we counting pennies as the Yankees to that extreme? An extra $500,000, we're we're reaching into the couch cushions for the Yankees? Again, when you go to a game, and I realize no one was able to go to games this year, but when you do eventually go back to games, they will eventually have fans in the stand. You want to buy one of those delicious roast beef sandwiches, uh, you better get ready to fill out some paperwork because you're going to have to fill out a mortgage. We're passing a hat for the Yankees now. Oh, well, Lindor is much younger. Well, that's great that he's younger. He won't be cheaper. He, I mean, there's already reports he wants a contract like $250 million. As great as Lindor is, he's not Mookie Betts. So if this is a musical chairs where you're trying to find a spot for Voight and DJ and Glaber and Urshela and Lindor and LeMahieu, LeMahieu's the first pick. He's the first pick. And what has been the Yankees' big? I mean, it's crazy that we're, we're doing this about the, the, guy, the team's best player. What's been the Yankees' biggest problem the last couple of years? Well... It's been keeping guys healthy is one of them, right? Hitting in the postseason, a lot of different things, but keeping guys healthy. Here's the one guy who stays healthy. Ah, you know what? We're going to have to move on from him. Judge and Stanton and Glaber and Urshela and Voigt. The one guy who stays healthy, and at least it, it sounds like that they might be, you know, looking for other options. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. Well, we've been talking about the Yankees and their pursuit, possible pursuit of uh, Francisco Lindor and why if uh, look I want Francisco Lindor every team including the Indians should want Francisco Lindor but if the question becomes that the Yankees can only afford one Francis and, and they're basically they cost the same well then I will take DJ LeMahieu there, there's no questions about DJ I don't have any questions about DJ LeMahieu I know exactly what he is He's been fantastic since he got here. He's performed in the regular season. He's performed in the postseason. He's done everything ass and has done so at an all-star, at an MVP level. But now all of a sudden, uh, well, you know what? He's 32. We're going to have to look for something else. And, and, and keep in mind, if this were simply a question of Lindor's a free agent, LeMahieu's a free agent, well, then maybe... Maybe you can make the yard, and, and both cost relatively the same, which they will for next year. Well, then maybe you can make, uh, you know, the argument, eh, you know what, 
maybe you go the younger player, you improve the defense. But that's not the, 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 the equation here. The equation is you have to trade prospects for a guy who is going to require probably, what, a 10-year contract, an 8-year contract? As opposed to LeMahieu, where you can't all of a sudden offer a guy who's 32 a three- or four-year deal. Now, I get it. He probably wants a four-year deal. He probably wants a 10-year deal, too, but he's not going to get it. So, to me, it's crazy. So, yesterday, I was listening to the K Show, uh, obviously, 3 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday, and they were talking about the the, the question, And, and Michael actually goes the other way. Here's Michael on the K-Show yesterday talking about how he would rather have Francisco Lindor than DJ LeMayu. Francisco Lindor is a big star. He's a vibrant personality that will drive television ratings, will drive fan interest. This is not just a good player who's blah. This guy lights up a room. He lights up a field when he takes it. The Yankees have the collateral to go and get him from the Indians. Only pay him $21 million this year. Then sign him to an extension after you get under the tax. And you've got yourself a great player for the next 10 years. He's only 28 years old. 27. Who agrees with me? At me. Who, who agrees with me? Or who doesn't? Wow, Would you rather have Lindor? Me. Even if you want to do it on Twitter. Would you rather have Lindor at short, Glaber Torres at second, or would you rather have Glaber Torres at short, and LeMayu is better than Torres at second, but you're giving up defense at short. Lindor's a real top-flight plus defender. I, I think it's a move that makes sense. Now, you are going to have to give up. You might have to give up a Clark Schmidt. You might have to give up a, uh, an Andujar. You're going to have to give up something because a lot of teams are going to want this guy. But the Yankees are one of the teams that can afford him, that can take on the salary, and still lower their payroll than they would if they re-signed LeMayhu, who's four years older. Okay, so there's Michael Kay yesterday on the uh, Kay Show talking about Francisco Lindor. Um, I got to be honest with you. When people tell me about, and this comes because it's the Yankees, right? When, when you're a Yankee fan, you expect nothing but the best. And, and sometimes that's an unfair expectation, right? They're supposed to win the World Series every single year. Okay. But it's almost, when, when I hear about the Yankees wanting to get under the luxury tax or, you know, worrying about payroll, it's almost like my, when my wife uh, makes dinner and make something that's healthy for us. All I care is whether does it taste good. I, I don't really care. It's nice if they can, you know, if it's something that is also, you know, not too bad for me. But at the end of the day, all I care is that it tastes good. It's dinner. When it comes to the Yankees, all I care about is what's the best move for the team winning games. So I don't really care about the luxury tax. I don't really care about the payroll. Do it. I, 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 I know the deal. If I go to a Yankee game, it, it, it's going to be through the roof, right? Everything's going to cost way too much. Uh, can I have a little bit of ice cream? Here's a pound of ice cream, and uh, we'll take $30. So, I mean, it, this idea that, oh, the Yankees, they can't afford both. No, they can afford both. You either move LeMayhew to first base or third base, and you move off of the guy that is there. So I don't think anybody can really have an uh, argument that a trio, if, if you were to move LeMahieu to third base, and you have LeMahieu at third, Lindor at short, and Glaber at second, uh, that's better than what you have right now. And that should be the point of the offseason, making the team better. Not to, well, we can lower the payroll a little bit, and maybe on the margins we can be a little bit better. The Yankees' window of opportunity is open right now. 
It's not going to stay open forever. And it feels like this is, a kind of, this is a kind of move that's not about winning now. It's about keeping the window open for as long as you can with the hope that one of these years, yeah, we'll be good every year. We'll be in the playoffs every year. And maybe one of these years you hit it right. That's not what I'm looking at. I want to win now. It's been long enough. And just in terms of the personality, I, I get it. Michael works at yes, and I'm sure ratings it factors into these type of things, and personalities factor into these type of things. And he has a star personality, he lights up a room. With all due respect, who gives a crap? I mean, as a Yankee fan, do you care about the guy's personality? And I'll be honest with you, if I asked you, just on, based on personality, would you rather have someone who lights up a room or someone who comes across as a cyborg? ruthlessly going out and producing on the field because that's the personality of DJ LeMahieu. And I love it. Put it directly into my veins. That's the part. I don't care about anybody's personality, but if they're going to have a personality, ice water in their veins, I'll take number two. I'll take the ruthlessness. I don't care about somebody's happy disposition or that they're friends with Gio Urshela. So for anybody who thinks that they'd, I mean, the, the points too. Well, you know, Lindor plays every day. DJ LeMay, who plays every day. And you know where he plays? The Yankees. He plays for the Yankees. You, he, and Lindor, it's great that he plays every day. He won't do that for the Yankees. They don't let LeMahieu do that. When Lindor comes here and they invest $300 million in him on a 10-year deal, oh, third game of the season? Ah, you know what? You better rest up. Ah, better take a day off. You... I'm sure you must be exhausted. You're 27. You're not. Uh, you're no spring chicken anymore. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. We'll start off with Sal in Brooklyn. Sal, what's going on, my man? Gordon, good morning. How are you today, my man? I'm good, man. All right, cool. Hey, listen. There is absolutely no way. Number one, you don't sign DJ. And like you said, I'll go to old timers day. I take my kids. I end up spending. $1,200 just on tickets alone. Right, so There's no way you can't tell the Yankees, listen, we got to watch our wallet, man. The Dodgers <laughs> were high in payroll and still had a $300 million with bets to win them that World Series. So if anybody thinking it's time to stop penny pension because we can't have them both, shame on you. Yes, you yeah, I, I mean, and, look, uh, for uh, other teams, that, that, that might be the case. For other teams, that might be the case, right? Not every team but, but, is, is playing in a big market with all the, uh, the resources the Yankees have. And this, this right. narrative, oh, well, the Yankees lost the most money. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that in most years they make the most money. Money, and they're still in business. That means they're still making money, so right. no problem. You, you I, I, I don't think if the Yankees home. don't trim payroll, I don't think they're going to have to knock down Yankee Stadium and put up some condominiums. I mean, I think that they're going to be still, all right. They're still going to be worth over $4 billion, so they'll be right. doing okay. They're here's yeah. time burners to survive. Hey, have a great yeah. day, Gordon. No all right, Sal, thanks, man. one 800 espn one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, you know, I was going to call up and argue that the Yankees should should take, you know, should keep DJ over Lindor. But once I heard that uh, Lindor lights up a room, <laughs> I got to go with Lindor. I mean, right. I'm not 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 for nothing. That that guy is an insufferable fool. I can't stand him. I don't. I can't listen to Ooh. his show because of him. Oh, Kay? Like, no, I love I, Michael I, Kay. He's the best. I hate Michael Kay, and I happen to like the guys around him. 
but I'm not going to suffer through Michael K to listen to those guys. But, no, I, oh I, 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 I'll disagree with you there. Michael's fantastic, but I don't, I don't, as a fan, I don't care whether or not somebody lights up a room or they have a big personality or the Yankees need a star player for rating. Uh, you know, uh, it's ridiculous. The last guy they got that was supposed to be a star was Stanton. I mean, not for nothing. Did DJ light up a room? No. He no. And that's what I love about him. Of course. Of course, like I said, give me the ruthless, the you know, the guy that projects the ruthless image over the happy-go-lucky guy any day of the week. Um, all right, uh, listen, you guys, you got to get to this regal tumble. I got to hear who is not that. All right. Well, we, you know what, Greg? Perfect segue. Perfect segue. We'll get to that coming up. Yeah, the regal tumble yesterday. Just to re- kind of recap, we've had this power trio, right? And it's been the Sopranos, it's been The Office, it's been Seinfeld. And then yesterday, you know, we've had, look, I, the way we came about with this was that after the rewatchable movie bracket, everybody had complaints. What, why'd you include this movie and not that movie? What about these rankings? So we came up, I came up with the Regal Tumble and accepted all nominate, all reasonable nominations. Like if I couldn't, if I couldn't tell you what this show was or what network it was on, it was kind of taken. Or if there's no way you could feasibly make an argument that it's the greatest show of all time in any format, well, then it got eliminated. But anything that could make a reasonable argument was included. So we've had some kind of contenders and we've had some kind of pretenders. And the power trio of Seinfeld, The Office, and The Sopranos have been knocking people off, have just been hammering them every day. You know, the, the, fourth, the fourth show would get like 10% or 8% or 6% or even worse, could be This Is Us. But yesterday, we threw into the mix The Wire. The Wire, the HBO cop drama it's about the city of Baltimore and the, the drug um, scourge that is uh, infecting, you know, the nation and the city, all these type of things. So yesterday, it was. Um, it seemed like another case that the latest entry was going to be destroyed, was just going to be knocked out one day. But then something happened overnight as we were sleeping, and we'll detail what that is coming up next. Straight right hand landing for Foreman. He's had a pretty good round here at number 10. Again, Atlas didn't count the... Atlas, here we go again with the Atlas. Uh, Michael Moore is down, goes Moore on a right hand. An unbelievably close in right hand shot. It happened. It happened. Oh, my God. That call is fantastic by Jim Lampley. And so, I mean, that's what you want. You don't want it to be a whole bunch of work. It happened. It happened. Yeah, yesterday was the anniversary of uh, George Foreman, 45, I think he was at the time, beating Michael Moore for the uh, heavyweight championship of the world in boxing. So uh, that was a, a fantastic moment and a fan, uh, even better call. We use it all the time. Uh, the it happened part of it, and that's where it comes from. George Foreman, who at the at the age of 45, back in 1994, 45 was very very old for me. Now in 2020 or 2020. Uh, 45 is not so old. It's a spring chicken now. But uh, there you go. George Foreman, your moment of inspiration for this uh, Friday morning. It is the Gordon Dammer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, the number 1-800-919-ESPN. But I've already buried the lead. 
We've done two segments. We talked about Francisco Lindor. We've talked about the Yankees. We have not discussed. We have not broken down what has happened in the Regal Tumble. But let's do it now. Yesterday, day number 14, was a day that we came in. And I will be honest with you. I went to bed last night thinking to myself, I knew what was going to happen. I thought I knew the result. Because very rarely do things change this late in the game. And I was thinking to myself, I have to call these people out. I have to call out my listeners who I love, my followers on Twitter who I love. Anything that you could, you follow me, all you have to do is that. You could be a terrible person in every other walk of your life. But if you follow me on Twitter, I love you. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to have to call them out. I was going to have to ask you, how do you sleep at night? How do you live with yourself? Because yesterday was the introduction of The Wire, described by basically everyone who's seen it as one of the best shows that has been ever made. Oh, The Wire. Incredible. But we were watching the results early on, on the Regal Tumble, and the power trio of Seinfeld, The Office, and The Sopranos were just working them over, just working them over in the corner. Jimmy Hart was there, Mr. Fuji with the with the uh, the salt in the eyes, everything. They were working over the wire, and as I went to bed last night, the wire was down to seventeen percent. Seventeen percent is not going to get it done, people. Not unless you know somehow the the uh, this is us came back into the seventeen percent is very low. But then something strange happened. I don't know how it happened, and I still don't know how exactly it happened. But then I woke up, and I saw that the wire had. Starting to make a little bit of a push. They were up to 18%. I refreshed them eh, 20 minutes later, up to 19%. And then when Brian came in today, we were having a little discussion before the show. The wire was at 20%. It continued to grow as the final minutes ticked down. And as we were watching, Brian, I think we watched it together, right? When the wire finally got off the mat, like the Undertaker. Out of the coffin. Yes. Back from the dead. Yeah. And rose up and knocked off the office. Gone. Michael Scott. Jim Halpert. Pam Beasley. Lovely Pam Beasley. Right over the top rope. So the office. Who cannot do this? Oh, I didn't do it. You did it. You knocked out the office. So the final vote, as it came to literally to the final couple of minutes of the poll question, the wire ends up now on my laptop. I can see the breakdown of the numbers on um, like your, your mobile device. It only gives you the, the, the whole numbers. So as it actually breaks down, the wire finished at 23.1%, the office at 21.9%. So finally, it, we played it just a minute ago. It did happen. It happened. It happened. It happened. The power trio has been broken up. The NWO, the the three horsemen of the legal tumble. I don't know. I don't. It's up to you, and it's all on your vote. I think, for me, I think the the, the people got it right. It took a while. It took a long time. But that's why we leave the poll question up for almost a full 24 hours. It allows everybody to get their vote in. We count all the votes. There's never a re- need for a recount. This is not Nevada, people. We're counting the votes as they come in. 
not going to take us a week and a half to figure out what's going on. We do it one single day, 24 hours, bang, and the wire, getting off the mat. Inspire, that should have been maybe the moment of inspiration, even more so than George Foreman at a spry t- uh, 45 years old. The Wire, able to pull off the upset. And look, The Office had an amazing run. They were in there since day number one and just got picked off by the slimmest of Mar. I don't even know how many votes that would be. I think we fi- I figured it out before the show. 23 vo- 23% is about... Oh, I had the number here. About 315, 320 votes or so. So you're talking about maybe four or five votes. So that's why I said yesterday, no show is safe. No show is safe. So now is this going to be the new power trio? I don't know. Is it possible that the Sopranos just keeps rolling up? Is it possible the Sopranos now lengthens its lead? Is it possible that Seinfeld takes the put, you know, The Office? If you're a fan of The Office, you're probably a fan of Seinfeld. And that's a comedy, so maybe you go comedy route no matter what. How will it impact the numbers? There's no really, there's no way to know as of right this second. But the regal tumble continues to amaze and shock. So now, it's time. it doesn't stop. It continues on. It is day number 15. So, again, to recap... The Wire gets off the mat, shocks everybody. And if you walk through the garden, if you, walk through the gar- if you come at the king, you best not miss. Now, they came at the king. They shot him about 75 times in the head, but somehow the king apparently deflected off the crown. The king, you come at the king, you best not miss. And unfortunately for the office and their fans, you missed. So now we move on to day number 15. So we know now the three returning shows. And to show you how much of a shock it is, I was just looking at the poll question. I usually write it ahead of time. I still had the office as one of the options. That's obviously wrong. So let me fix that right now. Um, so here you go. The three shows we know. The Wire. Yeah, we just heard it a second ago. So there you go. The Wire. We also have... Boy, talking about two divergent shows there. I mean, you can't get much different than The Wire... And uh, Seinfeld number two, and then of course, Sopranos. Wow, incredible. Now, what did I tell you back on Monday? This was a very controversial weekend. Yesterday's result is very controversial. I I don't know how this is going to play out from here on forward. This show, some of these shows, most of these shows have been nominated by you, the listeners. That's what we wanted to do. But... There's also this shadowy group behind the scenes here at the station, who I've not seen since March, but still, that operates and has influence. And I refer to them as the 98.7 Illuminati. And they have had, we've reached out to every single local show on the station, and there has been at least one member of that show who has had input. So I will just simply say, the word I used earlier this week was controversial. Today's entry is controversial, so I'm not going to spend too much time discussing it or its merits. But let's find out who's the next show in the ring. This is a sticky wicket. 
Now, this was this was suggested by one of the members of the 98.7. So, I think at one time, this would clearly have been one of the shows that made it deep in a deep run. Time has not been kind. In case you don't know, that was the, the Cosby show. So I'm just going to leave it there. There you go. You know, there's no reason to be, uh, you know, I'd like to do the Saturday show tomorrow. So I'll just leave it right here. The four options. You do what's in your conscience. You know, sometimes people say one thing and then when they go into the vote, the, the booth, uh, they do something else. So your four options are The Wire, Seinfeld, The Sopranos, and The Cosby Show. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. Darn right. Darn right, Omar. And people came at the wire yesterday, but they left it. They left it too close. So the Regal Tumble continues. In case you're just joining us today on the Gordon Damer Show, the Regal Tumble continues. Day number 15 and yesterday's show ousted. An amazing run, a run from day number one. The Office is no more. So the power trio has been broken up. Sopranos, Seinfeld, and The Wire are still in there. And uh, today's entry is The Cosby Show. And you can vote on the uh, poll question, day number 15 of the Regal Tumble, on Twitter, at Gordon Damon. Now, I should tell you, the Michael K. Show's 20 and 20 contest continues today at 3 p.m. Be listening for your chance at 20 great prizes over 20 days to make your little home life a little bit more enjoyable. For today, guys are giving away an Ion portable indoor-outdoor projector with powerful speaker. That, those things are incredible. Have you seen those things? You can just take it outside and put, uh, you know, if you put it on the side of your house. How amazing is that? Anything on the side of your house, you can watch it. It looks amazing. Um, all right, it's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richardson, Kansas City Steak, The Bardishan, Premium Cocktails on Demand, and, of course, 98.7 ESPN. And I should also tell you, we here at 98.7 ESPN are thankful for the amazing men and women of the armed forces who are, of course, serving or have served our country and the, uh, the sacrifices they have made. So what we're doing is we want to recognize your loved ones this Veterans Day. So what you do, send us an email at 98.7 FM at ESPN.com and tell us your loved one's name, where they're from, the branch of military that they uh, represent, and uh, we'll give them a shout out. Again, that's 98.7 FM at ESPN.com, and uh, we'll uh, mention them on the air this Veterans Day. So to the men and women who have served or are serving, 98.7 ESPN thanks you for defending our freedom. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. Before we do that, before we go back to the phones, uh, just a little bit on the football. Not too much, just a little bit. Uh, Giants obviously face off against uh, Washington this week. And I don't think I brought this up on the show yesterday. I, might, I think I brought it up during the uh, updates during uh, Keyshawn, J. Well, and Zubin. It, you know, it, it, first off, thank the NFL for not putting both the Jets and Giants on the same day. There's only so much I can take. Uh, but the Giants, they kind, this is almost kind of a must-win game again. Like when they first faced Washington the first time, they were 0-5. And you think, you know, we all like Joe Judge, and it seems like they, the, the Giants got it right with the head coach. 
But, you know, all this talk of, of uh, you know, progress and this thing is good and things you like and the offensive linemen, the three rookies on, on Monday night all played well. And it's all well and good to talk about progress. At some point, you got to mix in a win. you got to win a game here or there. And you can sell me on progress even if the Giants don't match the win total from last year. But you can't really sell me on progress if you win two games playing in the NFC East, especially when the quarterback is the biggest question you have, everyone has, and there's been zero progress there. So I know it's just one game, and maybe, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, but two and seven, and the eye test, which looks good, but the record doesn't. So two and seven in the eye test is way better than one and eight. One and eight. You can't, I mean, you might, if you don't win this game, what game are you winning, right? You got the Ravens still, you got the Seahawks still. I don't think you're beating Arizona. You never beat the Eagles. I mean, the Bengals are on the schedule, but you've seen more out of Joe Burrow in, in what, eight games than you have in, in, in Daniel Jones. So you, you have to win some to make the argument. And if you play all these close games, that's great that you're keeping it close. But at some point, you got to win a couple of them. Now, as for the Jets, my point on the Jets for today, I just can't. I just can't. I, I can't do it anymore. I can't with Adam Gaze. I can't talk about Sam Darnold anymore. I, are they going to win a game? Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Quarter filled. I, I just can't. Is Gaze going to be fired? Why hasn't he been fired yet? I need a bye week. The Jets should have two bye weeks, one of which is just resigned for people so they don't have to talk about the Jets. The only point that I would make is that, boy, oh boy, how the mighty have fallen. The Patriots, maybe the greatest stat to show you how bad the Patriots have been this year They're only a touchdown favorite. The Jets, who lose to everybody and lose badly to everybody by an average of, what, 18 points? That is a slap across the face of Bill Belichick. He cannot be, I mean, he has never been as insulted. He has a reason to be upset now. All those years of being grumpy and all those things, he has a reason now. He's only a touchdown favorite over the Jets. That's the biggest, forget about Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. The biggest indictment is at some point in his career, Bill Belichick was only a touchdown favorite. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, Jets, Giants, Yankees, uh, Francisco Lindor, DJ LeMahieu, the goodbye tour, which seems like it's already started, uh, and the Regal Tumble. It's all on the plate for you there. Uh, let's go to Tito is in Boston. Tito, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I just wanted to touch on the Francisco Lindor. I mean, where are the Mets in this? Seriously, I know you got a new owner and, a new owner and everything, but you got to get in on this. You've got to get in on the Francisco Lindor. And it doesn't look like it's going to take much because they look like they're dumping salary. So they're not going to want to take on – they're not going to want to – if they don't want to pay Francisco, they're not going to want to pay something big. Mm-hmm. But and can you just imagine him uh, – forget about the Mets, just in New York with, with the – he's Puerto Rican, with the big Puerto Rican community over there. He would be a cornerstone for, for one of those teams for the next 10 years. Oh, look, the Mets, this is, I said in the, and maybe you didn't hear me, Tito, and I focused on the Yankees primarily because it seems like it's, uh, you know, a a decision between a guy who's already here in DJ LeMahieu and Lindor. But no, absolutely. Every team, every team who has the resources should be in on, uh, on Francisco Lindor, especially the Mets. And and from the Mets point of view, I like that better than going out and signing a 31 year old George Springer or a 30 year old catcher in uh, Real Muto. I absolutely agree. Because at the end of the day, if you, if you, like you said, this is going to happen. He is go- yes, going. Yes, he's going to be traded at some point. So get in on it. Yeah. No. Look, I'm sure the Mets are. I'm sure the Mets will be interested in it, and uh, it would seem to be. You know, uh, Steve Cohen seems like a smart guy. And Tito, thanks for the call. Um, 
you know, if he has his analytics group, uh, you, you don't have to be all that deep into analytics to like Francisco Lindor. Now, I would be a little worried, you know, uh, of 10 years, 300 million. I mean, again, he's a great player, but he is not Mookie Betts. Let's not get carried. Mookie Betts is the second best player in baseball. Francisco Lindor is not that. He's a great player, but he's not that. Mike is in Manhattan. Mike, what's going on? Hey, um, I don't think it's super fair to compare, like, young quarterbacks especially to pros or former pros, but I think I found a good one for Daniel Jones. Okay. Um, Daniel Jones, he kind of reminds me a lot of Jay Cutler, and that's not, like, a bad thing, but it's not a great thing. It's not, he, it's not a good thing. <laughs> you're not saying, you're, you know, Mike, you're not saying it as a compliment. Like, he'll make all the throws, but he'll also make crazy mistakes. And yeah. he'll win you games in fantasy. He'll lose you in fantasy. And just in real life, he won't galvanize the locker room. You already see it, but it's not like they hate him because he can make the throws. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty fair to say that he's, he's very Jay Cutler-esque. Uh, look, I don't think that that's wrong. I, I don't think you're, you're 100% wrong there. Uh, he has had, and it's crazy that the problem has not even been slightly marginalized, right? Like you came into this year knowing that the turnovers, and Mike, thanks for the call, that the turnovers were the, the main issue. If you were drawing up the top five things for, for Daniel Jones to do in year number two, the top three were protect the ball. Don't turn the ball over. Even even in games, like he already had a bad pick on Monday night and then throws another horrendously bad pick. So we all knew that that was the number one thing that he had to fix. And it's not only not been fixed, it's not even been slightly repaired. So if this continues, if the final eight games are like the first eight games, to me, you got a quarterback question. And if you're sitting at number two, which I don't think the Giants will be, I don't. I think that the, the question will be they'll be able to avoid it this time around. But if it's a foregone, you know, if, if it is a fatal flaw with Daniel Jones, you're probably better off making the decision earlier rather than later and throwing away more time and trying to convince yourself, ah, you know what, it's not so bad. We just have to build a better defense. We just got to give him better weapons. We just got to do this. We got to do that. Uh, I think that they're going to have that question no matter what. And uh, it seems like, now look, he's still got eight games, and I want to see him over those eight games. I don't want to see Colt McCoy. But when it comes to uh, the, the turnover problem, no, it's not, it's not been fixed. It's not even been slightly remedied. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. Absolutely shocking ending in the Regal Tumble. The vote for today is up. You can do so on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. I am back tomorrow, 7 a.m. The Saturday show is on. I will be here, you be there, and we'll see you tomorrow, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.